the teens on my teen advisory board are begging to be in them at this point. They want to be in TikToks, but they also are like, can I be the Pikachu? Can I be the unicorn? I want to be a unicorn in a TikTok. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, so not only do we have people who are like, that's the girl who plays the, that's the librarian who's the Pikachu. <laughs> we also have, um, you know, my own teens being like, can we do this? Cause that looks so much fun. Um, so that was, that's been really, really cool. Social media has transformed the way we interact with the world. For instance, nearly half of teens are on TikTok multiple times a day. While some schools have restricted social media usage, other educators have embraced these tools to engage teenagers and get them excited about learning. How are educators using social media to engage teens? What techniques are most effective? And how can social media actually help students learn? This is what I want to do. And today I'm joined by Sarah Day to find out. Sarah Day is the teen services librarian at the Woodland Public Library in California. She and her fellow librarians, Sarah Vickers and Sylvia Moreno, have been featured on national news for their use of TikTok and other social media to entice students and adults to visit the library. Sarah is here today to discuss how social media can be used by schools and libraries to help our kids learn and grow. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So there's so much I want to talk to you about, um, but first, uh, you are a librarian, and um, uh, have you? Did you always have a passion uh, about the libraries? I think you did. Uh, yeah. So when I was a little girl, I remember um, my cousin, for whatever reason, he was only like two years older than me, and he said, "When I get a car, I'll take you anywhere in the world you want to go." And I said, okay, I want to go to the library. And he said, are you, are you sure? Like, I'll take you to Disney World. And I was like, nope, I want to go to the library. So um, being in libraries have always been like a really big part of my life. And I love books and I love to read and I love storytelling. And um, I didn't know I always wanted to be a librarian, but uh, it is a really good fit. And I really enjoy the work that I do. Now, um, you know, I want to ask you why you think that is, but I'm asking you for everyone else because I do understand, you know, when I was six years old, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what year that was, but when I was six years old, uh, my most prized possession and the first thing I saw with my name on it was a library card. And, you know, every week, you know, my mother or my father would take me to the library and I got lost in books. I would read The Hardy Boys, you know, which is <laughs> an old, old uh, mystery series. Um, but why do you think you were drawn to libraries? You talked about the storytelling, but just sort of the physical nature of being in a library. You know, I've always loved to be surrounded by books. When I was growing up, mm. my whole room was filled with books. Um, my grandparents' house had a ton of books. And I think there's just something very cozy, very safe feeling for me when it comes to being surrounded by books and knowing that I could learn almost anything I wanted to just by, you know, pulling a book off the shelf or like get involved in a story that's so dissimilar from my own life and be like enraptured in that for a while. Um, 
I've always really enjoyed the imagination that goes along with books. Um, you know, my favorite book of all time is The Hobbit by J.R.R. Oh, Tolkien. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I very much get like very involved and enraptured in books. And I think that for me to be a steward of that is really, really special and something I really, really love. And when I want to ask you, because you're involved in a local library, many people are, are, uh, say that, you know, in today's world, libraries are outdated. I mean, how would you respond to that, especially with all this going on? And we're going to talk about social media and the sort of the information overload that kids can get on their PDA. But talk about the value of libraries even today. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, libraries are books and everything else now. If you look around me, this is our makerspace. Um, so you can see like we are books, but we're also this really amazing space that's totally free for people to use. They can 3D print, they can laser cut something, they can cut something out and like make a vinyl sticker or a shirt. Um, and they do have to bring some of their own supplies like a shirt, but um, everything <laughs> in here is totally free to use. So like libraries are really great at adapting to the community's needs. And I think that's how libraries have stayed relevant. And I know that a lot of people do think that libraries are outdated, but those are people who were trying to get back into the library because they haven't been in a really long time. And when those people come in, they're like, oh, my God, I had no idea you had a makerspace or, oh, my God, I didn't know you had free online tutoring for my kids or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I think that libraries are books and so much more now. Um, and I think they've always been that way. One thing that I've noticed is that libraries also can be a community hub of sorts because you know, they have meeting space and community groups will meet there. And while, you know, we're, we're going to talk about children um, and, and the work you do as a teen services librarian, uh, it's often multi-generational uses that libraries are able to offer. Yeah, I mean, we have services for the time you were born to the time, you know, you are... Um, you know, you have issues with mobility and we still provide services for that. Um, you know, we try to cater to everybody who needs help in our community. Um, and I know I don't speak just for my library when I say this, but we're all very community focused without the community and their support, you know, we would have a really hard time. So, um, we're really lucky, uh, to be that community hub. So let's talk a little bit about the Woodland Public Library in California. That's where you work now. In your role as the teen services librarian, what do you do? Um, I do so many things. Um, I manage the teen collection. Um, I manage the teen advisory board. I'm the advisor. We run all of the teen programs. Um, I like collaborate with community partners. I do outreach. I um, there's so many things. My mind is just like going through the list. Um, there's anything teen related, basically I'm involved in doing in some way. So how, what are the things you do to help with teens who really are looking for a place where they can hang out and chill and not worry about being dictated to? 
Yeah, well, I would say first we provide the space. Um, we have a dedicated teen space for teens to use. Um, adults are only allowed if they're with a teen. They can't just be in that area. We will ask them to move somewhere else. Um, so I think creating that safe space, one, is like a huge thing for them. Um, something that I do personally is that like I ask about their days. I ask like how they're feeling. Um, and I listen to what they have to say. And I'm not saying that parents don't listen. Um, but yeah. I, oh. you know, I try to be as judgment free as I possibly can. Um, I have, you know, several teens that need to just vent about their parents. Um, and I try to be a safe space for them to do that. Um, something that's, you know, not, going to judge them, somebody who might offer them some advice. You know, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a parent. I'm like this in between that um, luckily the kids in my teen advisory board feel comfortable enough to share things with. And hopefully what I do helps. So so I, I wanted to, to probe a little more on that because it, it will relate to some of the social media discussion I'm going to have in a little bit. But um, what are some of the issues that today's teens are grappling with that you hear? Um, for me, I would say the biggest issues are that they are trying to figure out their own identities and figure out who they are. And they're nervous to share that with their parents for one reason or another. And I try to be as generous as I can with that. Um, you know, I may have a teen that comes up to me and says like, my pronouns are she, her around my parents, but if you can call me he, him in this group, that would be great. And I, you know, try to abide by their wishes, um, as much as I can. Um, so that helps facilitate that safe space that they feel. I hope you're enjoying this episode of What I Want to Know, one of the most downloaded K-12 education podcasts in the country. Make sure you don't miss any of these important topics. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast or social media platform. And leave a rating and review so we can bring you more of the topics you want to hear about. Now back to the conversation. One of the things you also, you help the, you know, uh, provide reading uh, for kids and young people. What are teens reading these days? What are some of the more popular types of books or specific books? They love murder and romance. Um, every time they're like, I'm looking for, you know, true crime murder. And I'm like, okay. Um, but I think... I think if there's like a series by the same author, they will, or there's books by the same author, they'll just devour all of the author's books and then be like, okay, I've read this author. I need another one. Um, yeah. And something that they really love is that there's so much diversity in teen literature right now and they can really like yeah. see themselves in the pages so I think that's part of the reason why romance really sticks out to them is because they're like, oh, this is me. <laughs> like, this is so nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. The murder, the murder, you know, I think there's just like a true crime sweeping the nation right now. Uh, yeah. So uh, they just really like 
they just really devour that too. So, <laughs> well, let me ask you about your uh, social media uh, activities. Uh, you and your colleagues have been on NPR, National News, talking about how you've used social media as a hook uh, for learning and mm -hmm. uh, just talk about how that all has evolved with the Woodland Library. So originally we started um, specifically our TikTok page um, because it was in the middle of the pandemic and we were like, we need something to put a smile on our face. Um, and we wanted to connect with the community in that way because they weren't able to come inside. And so what that has developed into is a, a way to show off our library cat, um, but also a way to be like, we're open, we're here, here are some services we provide, here are some books that you can pick up, um, come on in, it's going to be great. Well, uh, it, it's, it's taken off. I mean, people are now writing about it, and and look, I'm talking to you about it. Uh, you know, talk about this blow-up costume thing that sort of took on a <laughs> life of its own. I mean, what, where did that come from? You know, that idea was before I got here. They, When I got here, they were like, we bought you a Pikachu costume. And I said, okay. So um, <laughs> it it's something that the kids especially really love. Um, the teens on my teen advisory board are begging to be in them at this point. They want to be in TikToks, but they also are like, can I be the Pikachu? Can I be the unicorn? I want to be a unicorn in a TikTok. And I'm like, okay that's fine. Um, so not only do we have people who are like, that's the girl who plays the, that's librarian. Who's the Pikachu. <laughs> we also have, um, you know, my own teens being like, can we do this? Cause that looks so much fun. Um, so that was, that's been really, really cool. Oh yeah. No, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And, 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 and that, that's part of the fun, but, but have you seen a clear increase in, uh, students, sort of participation in school or interest in school? Because that's what people are wondering, even as you look at some of the news stories. Um, maybe, you know, this is something that that is fun for them to do after school, but does it really help with learning? And wh what are your thoughts? Um, I think it definitely can. Um, I think that's why creators like Hank Green are so popular, because they give you um, new information and about a minute like 30 seconds to a minute and the like it takes less time to focus but you learn all of this information so I think in that way um especially TikTok can be really helpful um I would say that that was wouldn't be our primary focus we do show off books but um I do think that the the rapidness of TikTok is really helpful for like the focus keeping a student's focus what other social media outlets do you use? I know Instagram, but as your social media, um, you know, uh, program grew, what are some of the other social media outlets you you use? So we do use Instagram, um, and then we also use Facebook at the uh, right now. Um, Facebook hits like the parents and the older demographic, and then Instagram <laughs> kind of hits um, the younger teens. We have several teens on my teen advisory board that follow the Instagram, which is always really nice to see. Um, so those are the three that we primarily use at this time. 
So there's another side to TikTok, which I know you you hear about, where while it has become so popular uh, and kids are very creative with it, you all have been creative with it in terms of facilitating opportunities for kids to participate Mm -hmm. and and grow their sort of community within a community. Uh, But you have former President Trump, you have President Biden, you have Senator Warner, all talking about TikTok needs to be banned mm-hmm. uh, or sold to a U.S. company because of, you know, the, the China government's ownership and access to information. Uh, what are your thoughts around that? And I know that's politics at a different level, but it's relevant because it may impact on whether or not TikTok is around. Right. Well, I think the way we have always seen TikTok is that social media changes so quickly. What's popular changes so rapidly that we know that one day TikTok will not probably be the most used social media. Um, So we um, are always try like getting ready to adapt for other social medias that have come up. So if mm. TikTok does go away, we can still use the skills that we have learned for different social media platforms um, and be able to hit the teens and the parents and on a different social media platform still um, because we can transfer those skills out. Um, I've always kind of known that that was a possibility. And I know my team and I are very aware of it. So we're very conscious of making sure that can we like, how can we use Instagram to better serve this population? How can we put it on Facebook? What are the other things that we could possibly be doing? So um, I think one of the good things that came from the pandemic was that we have learned to be adaptable and flexible. Um, so if that does happen, we're ready for it. Uh, another previous guest I had was Titania Jordan, uh, who's an advocate for, you know, parents and teens, um, appropriate use of social media, uh, making sure it's safe, uh, making sure that, you know, the time allocations make sense that kids aren't just on it, you know, mm-hmm. 15 hours a day or, you know. Uh, do you have any in your teen services group, do you have uh, any rules of the road, any orientation or conversations with teens about how to use the platform, uh, how to minimize use so it's not overuse. Do you have those kind of discussions? We do. And it's actually surprising because several of my teens tell me that they limit themselves. You know, I have Hmm. one student who says every morning, instead of being on her phone, she meditates for 15 minutes and then starts her day and doesn't touch her phone until much later in the day. So I think there are some some kids who are aware that they shouldn't be spending all their time on this platform and they are taking steps to, you know, make themselves do other things. Um, and I think, yeah, it was really, I, when I heard her say that, I was like, Oh my God, you're, you're so ahead <laughs> of the game. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, I do say with a caveat to them, I'm like, not that you should be spending all of your time on TikTok. 
But if you would like to participate in filming TikToks, please let me know. And I think that also helps them get more buy-in, but also gives them something. They're not like scrolling mindlessly. They're doing something active. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, that conversation is always going to continue uh, for now. So, Sarah, uh, schools and libraries have always had this interesting relationship. And it seems to me with the work you're doing at Woodland with teens and social media, uh, that school teachers could learn from you. Uh, that um, teachers are generally trying to control the social media usage of kids in their classroom. But what advice would you give teachers who are trying to find a way to at least allow kids a little more freedom, yet at the same time control their classroom so it doesn't get out of, out of hand? What rules of the road would you give to a teacher? Um, I think I would say that there is a way to incorporate both things. Like if you're really having a hard time time um, keeping kids off social media during class, then that might be a good way to incorporate some kind of project that also like highlights that. Because I find when I give my teens like something to do, they're really focused. Like if I have mm. like a craft project for them, or if we're in square one, which is our maker space, and I tell them to, you know, film something, um, they're like, really engaged and really on it. So um, I would just encourage maybe something hands-on. Um, a lot of students learn better that way, me being one of them. Um, so I think that is what I would encourage them to try. I actually love that answer. In, in other words, you know, lean into it, take advantage of their interests and channel it into something productive. I think that's a great answer. One last question. This is what I really want to know. You've talked about, um, you know, the libraries being this place where kids can, you know, celebrate reading and, and, and read the things they like, you know, even if it's murder and romance, <laughs> they can do that. Um but how can you use social media and TikTok to further the education and reading that already exists in the library? How are you bringing all that together? I think there are several ways you could go about it. Um, the first one being if, if you don't have a lot of time, just highlighting maybe um, some books on a particular genre or books that you just got in or something like that. Um, we've done that for a few different like themes. We've done that for new, like new book Tuesday. Um, we did one for black history month. Um, things like that are pretty easy. Um, the other thing I would maybe suggest is try to do something that high highlights a book. And what I mean by that is um, if you take, for example, um, I saw a different library do this and I think it was a really great idea. Um, they took Twilight and they were like, if a library was in Twilight. And I think that's a really great way to get people like, I wonder what that book's about. Um, <laughs> I wonder why that person is glittering. Like, you know, there's a lot of yeah, different ways yeah. to engage them that way. Um, and so I think that's something we'll be looking into doing in the future. Um, because I think it's just a great way to get people engaged. 
Um, we did a Wednesday Adams one not too long ago. And then I did a Wednesday Adams book display so they could like get books that Wednesday Adams would have read. Um, so I think there's a way to mesh like what's going on in popular culture and what can be happening at the library. Um, and I think that can encourage kids to pick up a book and read. Um, I had several kids who were like, oh, Wednesday Adam Book Rex, that's awesome. So um, I think there is a way to engage that way. Yeah. You could also uh, sort of have some theme blow up costumes around popular books. <laughs> yeah. That well. <laughs> that, yeah, uh, we, we always love getting more blow up costumes. So that's definitely on our list. <laughs> Well, uh, Sarah Day, I appreciate what you're doing. You're the Teen Services Librarian at Woodland Public Library in uh, California. Thanks for joining us on What I Want to Know. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to What I Want to Know. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app so you can explore other episodes and dive into our discussions on the future of education and write a review of the show. I also encourage you to join the conversation and let me know what you want to know using hashtag WIWTK on social media. That's hashtag WIWTK. For more information on Stride and online education, visit stridelearning.com. I'm your host, Kevin P. Chavis. Thank you for joining What I Want to Know.